Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into faith, work, and fulfillment. I'm your host, Isaac Hong. Today, we have Kevin Libertino, a brother from Ohio who is executing on his dreams with big faith and hard work. Thanks for tuning in to episode four. Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where you dive uh, deeper into work, faith, and fulfillment. Um, Today is actually a very interesting and exciting day because, you know, we're following protocol, we're socially distant, um, but we actually have Kevin Libertino, the drummer, designer, photographer extraordinaire, here in person, in the studio, and we're ready and primed to go. So, Kevin, do you want to give us a short introduction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, first of all, thanks for, for having me. Isaac, this is a huge dream of yours, and I'm glad to be brought on as a guest. Um, but yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, lived there for 20 years, and now I, I live in San Francisco. Uh, I'm a designer at Microsoft doing product design. Um, and in my free time, I like to shoot photography, and whenever I can, I'll play the drums. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That was an amazing intro. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about your, your uh, interests and hobbies a little bit more later. Sure, sure. Um, but for now, we're going to start off with an icebreaker question. Okay. And hopefully you like this one. And the question is, what would you do with the first $1 million that you had in cash? Uh... <laughs> That's a, oh, okay. That's a good amount of money, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy a Lambo. <laughs> Give me the yellow Lambo right now. <laughs> um, no, in, in all seriousness, um, I'd probably like buy whatever my mom and dad want. Wow. Um, probably get them a house. My dad especially. Wow. Um, probably get like good treatment and care for my my parents, um, especially because they're getting older. My dad has like diabetes and stuff, so he's like still recovering from a few. A few strokes and so he needs like practical care so wow. i'll probably um yeah i want to get good care for them and after that i'll probably buy like my dream car and which is a lambo in yellow, <laughs> in yellow yes yeah. no um bmw right now wow the m2 <laughs> the m2 yes competition right. package please well if you're in san francisco be on the lookout for kevin libertino he's me <laughs> flexing on people and his uh I need, a, I need a milli first, so yeah, help me get that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's pretty awesome that you have perspective, and you know, the Lambo was definitely a joke, obviously a joke. For sure. Hey, but um, how you want to give back to your parents, and I'm assuming that you'd want to get them a house in Ohio, where you're from. Where Wherever you're from. they want, yeah, but it's cheaper to have a house in Ohio. <laughs> definitely. I mean, for, for, for the same price, you could probably have a mansion over there, and for here, you could have maybe... For like half a mil, you can have, like, <laughs> two mansions. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, it's good to know that you want to give back to your parents, and, and, and you're, you're a family guy, so... Yeah. Uh, Kevin Lambertino is still single, so if there's any uh, lady listeners out there, um, saints, um, you heard it here on Saints of San Francisco podcast... <laughs> Uh, Kevin is single. <laughs> so I don't want yep, to. Yep, yep, that's it's, yeah, that's true. What Isaac just said is true. <laughs> Sorry, was this was was this supposed to be a secret or? No, no. I mean, oh, awesome. No, it's fine. Okay. Cool. Well, excited to have you on here as a guest. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we've known each other for the past, I think, like three to four years. Four years. 
that time. And, and I think during that period of time, I saw you grow into the man that you are, um, the Christian that you are. And I think, um, you know, personally and professionally, there's been so much growth um, and, and so much, you know, within that span of time. Um, and of course, you're from out of state, you're from Ohio, and you have this um, beautiful story. So um, we're going to start there. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first question that I have for you can is... I Can I do a quick shout out? Oh, yeah. Before course. we jump into that. Yeah, you can do a quick shout out. Um, okay. So quick shout out to Josh Garello. He is one of my good friends who just released a new zine. It's called When the Night Is, uh, When the Night Comes. Um, oh, wow. You can find this, probably a link in his bio on his Instagram page. It's G-N-A-R-E-L-L-O. And um, my other friend, Anthony, just released, or not released, he's always releasing new music, but yeah. he just um, launched his new company called Entice. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, which is a, a paid networking platform. So please sign up and check it out. Um, and then for myself, you can just follow me on SF Dreamer. I post photography and film um, regarding architecture, landscape, and street photography. So yeah, quick plug. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for adding the plug. And I should have I should have let some time out for, for, for that. You're good, but... man. We're all about the Lambos here. <laughs> <laughs> you can add your plug in as well. And hopefully we can have Anthony Vernell Davis and uh, Josh Garello on sometime. Yeah, too, that as well. be tight. Um, awesome. So question one, mm-hmm. you, you've had an unconventional route to UX UI design and now now your official title is product designer. Uh, could you give us a roadmap for your current success in working as a product designer for Microsoft Teams? How how'd you get there? Yeah, that's a that's a great way to open up um, this conversation. I think there's a lot to unpack because my career trajectory has been very unconventional. Yeah. Um, we can start by saying humble beginnings. Like I don't have a college degree. I have, well, I have one, it's an associate's degree, Mm -hmm. but with nothing majored in mind, it's undecided. (laughs) (laughs) So I have an associate's of arts degree uh, with no specialization. Um, And now I'm back in school at SF State finishing my bachelor's degree in visual communications design, which is super exciting. Um, And I'm working full time at Microsoft. So it's, it's just crazy to be doing two at the same time at this point in my career. Um, so, I mean, like, how did I get here? I think it all starts with just like exploration. I, I tried to find as many things as I thought I could be good at as, as I could in my early twenties. Um, I've done like it work. I've done quality assurance. I've driven for Uber and Lyft and Amazon. Um, I've, you know, my first job here, I don't think anyone knows this on this podcast, but I worked at Sizzler as a dishwasher. Wow. That was my first job. And I was making um, bare minimum wage, right? Jeez. My second job was pushing carts at a grocery store at Raley's. And then my third job was working at Super Duper as a cashier. Wow. And to go from, from that industry of work, retail, into tech was just transformative, man. It was just crazy. Um, and to do this like without a degree was just super like humbling. So I have a lot of moments where I'm still working and I think everyone on my team has, um, like their masters or at least their bachelors, um, in psychology or visual design. And here I am working alongside with them and we're all like in the race together. 
to work and create like awesome products on Microsoft. Jeez. So like I never forget where I come from. Um, and I think, you know, how I got into design was I was actually interning at Salesforce with a team of 20 plus developers uh -huh. and we're working to build the, like we're a tools team. So we build tools for site reliability okay. and we support them. And we never hired a designer for like the four years that we were in existence. When we hired a designer, dude, gosh, like after three months, this designer like transformed a lot of our products and tools. And I thought that experience and just was like really fascinating to see devs designing compared to an actual designer wow. doing, you know, you know, just like improving our work. Um, I think that experience helped me feel like this is something I might want to go into yeah. is how rewarding it is to see products transform mm. under the hood and then just like being launched and it's 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 a great experience to have mm. right um in the, in the in your hands on your on your phone um wherever you go because we're so connected these days so at the time this was like back in 2016 sure. um i was wrestling with my career path and it didn't work out quality assurance i don't even know how i landed that internship <laughs> but uh working as a qa intern with no degree like man i'm learning on the job trying to like write code and, and read Java, um, and I was just like not good at it. <laughs> I was horrible, um, but I was just blessed to be there to have that experience. And I think working with a designer gave me insight into their world, mm -hmm. and I wanted to try what they were doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so long story short, I did a, a like a three month full time UX boot camp, uh -huh. and um, started my freelance career in design wow. after I graduated, and that was that was a grind, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, a lot of people talk about um, today's age where you know there's a lot of contracting gigs, um, side hustles is a, is a thing. Um, so how is how is that period of time where? I mean, I guess we can take it back. So you moved from Ohio mm -hmm. to San Francisco. What mm -hmm. year? Um, I moved in 2014, January 2014. And then you were working these uh, retail gigs like at Sizzlers. And yeah, um, that, right that summer of 2014 is when I picked up the gig um, at Sizzler. Oh, yeah. wow. So you, you were working um, for Dude. minimum wage. Yeah, jobs. and then somehow you, how'd you end up going from that to being a QA intern? <laughs> Great question. Yeah, um, man, I was applying for like positions at Chipotle, and they wouldn't. It's so competitive out here, right? Chipotle coming from Ohio. Yeah, coming from Ohio, it's like the competition isn't as stark as it is in the Bay Area at, yeah. by any means. Maybe now it's different because apparently Columbus is a huge has a huge tech scene, which. Uh, maybe we'll get there, but it's not like the Bay Area, right? Definitely. Um, I actually moved here for two reasons. Um, I wanted to actually move here to be a part of a ministry team out at Bethel, um, oh, wow. Bethel Church in Reading. Yeah. But that didn't work out. So I was like, while I'm here, and tech is just huge out here, and I, I love, like, I love tearing apart computers and just working with, like, solving networking issues. Yeah. This was back at home. Um, I was like, why not step into IT? And so there was this program I heard called mm. Year Up. So another shout out to Year Up. They're here in San Francisco. Their whole thing is bridging the opportunity divide between 
um, like low income students yeah. and, and just giving them opportunities to work in tech. And so every student wow. who goes through this one year program um, gets an internship at a tech company. That's guaranteed. Oh man, it's called Year Up. Year Up, yeah. Um, and so they're, they're great, great so like it's a great nonprofit organization. Um, they've helped thousands of students just like become successful and, and giving back to the community is such a big aspect for this organization. So yeah. uh, without them, I would not have landed the Salesforce career wow. um, internship at all. <laughs> wow. So, so you moved from Ohio to Bethel Reading because you thought you'd work in ministry. That didn't work out. Um, so you use that opportunity to kind of um, have these minimum wage jobs, but also apply for Europe. And then you got this QA intern position. From there, you learn about how important uh, product design was and how transformative mm-hmm. it is in terms of you know whatever you're doing. And then from there, um, you entered into a UX UI boot camp for three months. Yeah. Came out, and then you started your freelance gig. Yeah. And then you said it was very tough. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And quick quick correction: I didn't move to Reading. I. I tried to live there, but I decided to live with family in the Bay Area. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. so that didn't work out. If that had worked out, I would have been doing like the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry is oh, what they had. Wow. Uh, that's what I was aiming for is to be like under their leadership and to, to go through that program. Yeah, I heard great things about that program. Yeah, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the Bay Area. Um, I'm sorry, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, freelance gigs. Freelance gigs, yes. Just like from from there, it's kind of like you started your product design journey mm-hmm. after the boot camp. And, and you mentioned how freelancing was difficult. Yeah. So now I kind of want to enter into that phase of your life where you went from your free, freelance gig, if you could talk a little bit about that, and then moving forward to now being a product designer at Microsoft Teams. Yeah, yeah. So um, freelance, I'm still freelance. Uh, my entire career has been in freelance in the tech industry. Um, and that's that's cool. One challenging thing about it, though, is job security. And so I think for me, finding my next gig was always kind of of a struggle because mm. I never knew who it was going to come from or when. Um, so in between, what made it difficult was trying to you know like put myself out there with my portfolio my work yeah which was very like um in its infant stages because i had not come from a visual design background sure um and i i just graduated from general assembly so like my portfolio work um was not actually like client work Mm. so it's very hard to sell yourself as a professional designer without any professional work yeah (laughs) right let alone coming from a boot camp where hundreds of students are graduating in a couple years doing the same or similar um curriculum as you yeah it's hard to distinguish yourself right but i think through it's like learning to distinguish yourself in this field of work um, is how you can really stand out to recruiters um to anyone who's hiring Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've just tried to like network my way through and thankfully, like I landed my first gig at Samsung. Um, yeah, I landed my first gig through Samsung because someone took a chance on me. Mm. The guy who was interviewing me, this role was for like a mid to senior level designer role. Yeah. But he was like, we're going to hire you because like you have potential. Mm. And so 
for three months you're gonna work here on this product and I took it wow. <laughs> I took it and and the next gig was um, through a friend of mine who he put me in touch with another one of his coworkers, and she was looking for a designer yeah um, and this was in the pharma industry so I worked in pharma for a year designing and that was that was crazy too mm-hmm. um, and let alone that was agency work so um, going from in-house design to agency and now I'm back in in-house working at Microsoft mm. it's just been very nice <laughs> yeah could you go a little bit into that for our listeners in terms of like what the difference between in-house and agency means for a product designer sure um so in-house designers are typically designers that are hired by the company to work on the products that the company owns yeah um, and agencies they are privately owned typically and um as a as an agency designer you're not just focused on one product at a time you're working on multiple projects at a given time so at my busiest in my busiest seasons i would be working on five or six projects at the same time there would be moments where i have like three pms and two designers behind me watching me work and they all have different questions for me on different projects (laughs) dude it was nuts so like i yeah it's such a grind but you learn so much so quickly um, I would say like in three months time at a, at an agency, you pick up like 1.5 or two times the amount of skill. Wow. You, you just don't have a choice, but to grow. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Whereas in-house we work slower. Like I just work right now on two projects, sometimes one. Um, and in the pace of work is just like more laxed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you can focus and, um, and really like seek out all the questions and, and explore all the different options you have agency is just like this is on fire we need you here now <laughs> mm. and and just like whip something up wow yeah. yeah so so there's a very high learning curve you're working on multiple projects and you have these opportunities to grow at an exponential scale in terms of um, learning stuff on the job putting out fires mm-hmm that's 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 awesome. I, I didn't I didn't know what what the difference was between agency and in house, but now that you've, you know, so eloquently yeah, yeah. explained it, I, I think I have a better understanding. Um, so you mentioned that it, it was difficult, and you're kind of a freelancer now. So does freelancing mean that you're just on a contracted basis, like you're not a full time employee? Yeah, I'm not a full time employee. Yeah. I don't get benefits um, through the company. Um, typically the agencies that hire me, they will provide, um, they usually have some kind of like 401k plan under them, um, or like some insurance I can buy into through them. Got it. Um, but yes, that's, I don't get stock options. I don't get any of that. Um, typically, yeah. So again, it's just, it's just, you have the freedom of being able to be released from a contract or to complete a contract and switch over and do something else work for someone else there's flexibility you know um so in my downtime i would either try to like create side projects or i would actually frequently visit my my family when i could uh, in between gigs Mm -hmm. yeah so so you you've been through a lot and and you've grown so much you know not having a degree like you mentioned coming from uh, Ohio to the West Coast and kind of pivoting in terms of your uh, purpose and what you wanted to do uh, for your craft, for your trade. And, and then you went through a lot of difficulty, a lot of hardships, 
hustling, you know, doing Uber, doing whatever you could, building out your portfolio. So through all of these events, um, all, all of these highs and lows in your life, did you approach any of your hardships uh, and endeavors with a uh, biblical approach? Um, and, and, and I guess that's the first question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second question would be, personally, what were the positive and, and negative uh, implications of your faith as you were going through these hard times? Yeah, uh, faith, definitely, 100%. It was, it, it's what kept me going. Um, <laughs> there would be nights where I would be finishing up like a night of driving for Uber and Lyft, and like I would just eat Subway in my car alone. Wow. And I'm just like, God, like I just finished this boot camp months ago. I have a portfolio. I'm networking like crazy. Right now, you have given me a car to drive and just like make some cash to survive. But I feel like, you know, this is not my calling. Like, I'm, why did you bring me to San Francisco to drive Uber? Wow. Nothing against Uber or anything, but that's not what I came here for. Yeah. Right? Like, wh- where is the ministry aspect of this that I had a heart for when I was thinking about moving here? Sure. Right? Um, where is the shape-shifting culture that I, I want to instill in this city? Um, like, I-, I-, I, want- I want that, and I didn't feel like I was receiving that or experiencing that, mm. um, let alone where was my career as a designer. Yeah. So, like, faith was constantly tested... And I, I had to just really rely on God's strength yeah. and, and my community. Thank, thank goodness I was a part of um, Sons and Daughters because yeah. like a lot of people in those community groups um, and those prayers um, and, and all the, the people who were just like in my life, yeah. they knew what I was going through yeah. um, and no one ever gave up on me. So like really every, every breakthrough I got, it mm-hmm. took me like a year to get my first contract as a designer yeah you know it took a year after the program so what do you do in a year's time like how do you so many people would just give up right but i I couldn't give up like i came here for a reason so faith is 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 everything man Mm. and and still is to this day wow wow yeah so, so I feel like the cornerstone, the, the bedrock to everything that you've gone through, the second guessing that you had, the, the prayers that you made out to God, it, you know, it was all held together with faith that, that God had this um, blueprint for you, this grand design um, for you to achieve your dreams and um, have this transformative moment in your life where you're kind of walking in your purpose mm-hmm. and so so could you dig a little bit deeper on that in terms of faith well what about faith other than hey i trust in the lord um even if i'm going through tough times i know that there's light at the end of the tunnel this is just going to be an extra return on investment for all of these difficult things that i'm going through and maybe uh, personal and professional mm-hmm. roadblocks i have um could you expound a little bit more on, on faith? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to overcomplicate it because faith is a very simple concept. Do you believe or do you not believe? Wow. That's, that's all there is to it. And whatever you're faced with, your trials, your obstacles, will you choose to still believe? 
Mm. That, that's what it was for me. I knew I had a vision and I wanted to execute on it. Yeah. I mean, getting there is getting there. The journey is just like, for me, it was just really difficult. Yeah. Um, I can't really speak to it else uh, that much and just say anything else. It's, it's really just, will I choose to believe again and again? Mm. It gets reinforced with my community. Like my community will help me remember. Um, my, my family will help me remember why I'm here. Mm. Um, and all of it is, it's because God's not going to let you fail. He'll let you encounter like challenges and difficult times, but ultimately he's not going to let you fail. Um, if I could, if I could come out alive, then, then he, I know he still has my back. Right. Right, right. My trials are, are small in comparison to what Jesus experienced. And so I just know that I'm loved. I just know that he's watching over me, that he's going to provide my next meal. He's going to provide my next, um, my next working opportunity. That's good. That's all there is to it. Wow. Wow. For me. Yeah. Jeez. So, so you have this steadfast faith and blind faith, man. (laughs) I like how you put it actually of saying, you know, it's not that difficult. Life is already so complicated and there's so many layers. Um, right. And I think being Christian and having that label and truly believing in God adds another layer being in the Bay area. But I think you put it very simply where it's just bifurcated. You're either believing or you're not and yeah. you choose the former rather than the latter and it's do you feel like that concept of like i'm going to take this path no matter what has helped you kind of evolve and, and helped you thrive in the bay it, it has um absolutely because like i i have the faith that i have today because of my mom and my aunts who also believe this way mm. like i grew up christian yeah um since I was like five, I believe. So like, I've heard the stories and, and all the sermons and, and like, I know, and I understand that Jesus loves yeah. me and he loves all of us. Yeah. Like, why would he let me come out here to fail? Yeah. And if he did, there is something to be learned here. So like, that's, that was my mentality, dude. I was like, so grateful to be in this city. Mm to put it on a pedestal I did I I was like San Francisco is amazing Mm. and I'm just glad to be here yeah right and and I'm just gonna throw whatever the city throws at me right back at it because I just want to I want to make it too wow yeah crazy approach like I said super unconventional like probably not the most practical but (laughs) it worked out (laughs) It's working out. And now you're here. Still here. San Francisco. <laughs> it's been seven years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kind of Doing nuts. your thing. Yeah. So so I guess there's a question that comes out of that of, um, it's not, you know, super deep or anything, but I just want to know what's the difference between living in Ohio? And of course you, 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 you were there at a different life stage and now mm. you're here at a different life stage and obviously, you know, your perception um, is different as you get older, but I feel like you know you've lived in Ohio on one coast, and then now you're living in SF on on the other coast. Yeah. What are some of the big differences that you personally know of mm. uh, between Ohio and San Francisco? Are there any pros and cons? 
There's there's a there's quite a bit. Um, in my specific upbringing, things were just simpler. Maybe it was the '90s. Maybe it was just like how my my parents raised me to be. But yeah. it, it things like technology didn't infiltrate like us as a family to be distracted. I didn't get my first smartphone until like I was a junior in high school. I was super oh, wow. late to the game, yeah. right? Um, and then it was just simple, man. Like I spent a lot of time outdoors with my friends. Um, community was huge. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has cars and we're, we just like the people you grow up with that you know in elementary school yeah. is a very high chance that you'll get to know them or continue to know them when you're adults. Right. Um, it's very local. It's super local. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I loved about Ohio was church community was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to Vineyard because I grew up in the Vineyard movement and um, our church was massive. Like we had a huge outreach center, um, huge outreach ministry. And I just grew up like being very involved with our community mm-hmm. and just giving back um, along with my friends. We were all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. And that's really what it was. No one really had like huge, huge aspirations to be like, tech industry mongol or like some kind of celebrity we just we just like lived to to enjoy each other's company yeah that's how it was for my circle of friends um politically i i won't talk about that but there are some differences um however columbus has changed quite a bit in the last like five six years so the city has been transforming it's been growing um, and it's attracting a lot of new folks, just like it is, it's happened to San Francisco. So I can imagine in the next like 15, 20 years, um, Columbus making more of a name for itself outside of just being known for the Buckeyes. <laughs> How State Buckeyes, go Bucks. Like, yeah, football runs that town, still does. <laughs> oh, man. College football. Got it, got it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess. LeBron was there. I mean, dude, Akron, but now from Akron LA, to but... Cleveland and now in LA, <laughs> he <laughs> knows what's up. Got to come to the West Coast at some point. <laughs> yeah, man, awesome. So you're talking about timelines where you feel like, hey, if you visited Columbus in 15 to 20 years, it's gonna make a name for itself, at least in um, in, in, in in the tech industry. So for sure. Where do you see yourself? Hmm. In the next five years, in terms of like work, uh, faith, community, you know, do you, do you see yourself still in San Francisco, still part of ninety nine? Shout outs to ninety nine. Shout outs to ninety nine. <laughs> um, or do you see yourself maybe in Ohio taking a promotion and being the lead product designer out there? I don't. I don't see myself in Ohio. Um, no, I don't. But I do see myself maybe moving back to New York. Um, I grew up in, well, I was born in New York, but I want to move to the city and maybe experience Manhattan or Brooklyn and just work for a couple of a few years yeah. and just build like a network out there um, and, and see what life is like yeah. working in a city, change a pace. Yeah, That's all really it, it's for. Um, in, in terms of like, where I'm going to land in the next five? I'm not sure, man. It could be New York. It could be San Diego. It could be here in San Francisco. Got it. But typically what keeps me in the city is my friends and my mm. family. Um, without them, I, I really don't see the point in staying, especially during these 
times that we live in. Yeah. You see a lot of friends moving back home to be close with their loved ones. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I feel it because being in the city alone just kind of, kind of drains you. Yeah. It kind of sucks. And you realize that really quickly during this pandemic. Yeah. 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 What is essential for me? I don't know. Whatever is essential for me in five years, that's probably going to play a big influence of where I'll be. Mm. But I think the, the move for me would be still in my career. Um, hey, if my photography takes off for some reason and I can like fly around the world to shoot photography, like hey, I'll do that. That'll be a sweet career change. <laughs> so you don't mind pivoting into, into that's how I am, man. I, I can, I feel like I can just go anywhere and plant myself there and work with what I got. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun for me. Got it. Got it. Maybe if I have a family, it'll change. <laughs> yeah. You don't see yourself getting uh, tied down and having kids anytime soon. Great. No, no. Awesome. Well, we're coming to a close with the podcast. It was awesome to have you. And I think that, you know, the messages that came across was, hey, you, you don't have to have a degree. You can have uh, major career pivots. You don't have to know what you're doing. You could be working some gig, but, you know, as a kid who's moved um, from coast to coast, from a town in Ohio, and now you're where you're at, where a lot of people would kill to be where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's the story I feel like that I see that's consistent in your life is you continue to believe. Yeah. Your, your faith is rock solid. And of course, there's moments in your life where you feel like you should be doing something else or be somewhere that you thought you would be or, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like, oh man, this is crap, like where I'm at and like, God, why did you even send me here? But beyond those doubts, your compass points true north, you know, in the sense of will I choose to believe or will I choose not to believe? And you've chosen to believe and your faith has been rewarded yeah. um, many times over. I mean, is that even a question? To believe or not to believe mm. in God, right? He's wow. a, he's our creator. Like, why should we question that? Yeah. Um, and I understand not everyone is there yet, but I think like there's something to be said when you can realize that God is really all for you. Mm. The message is super simple. He's really all for you. He's not against you, and he's not going. He's not out to harm you. Yeah. In fact, he wants to reward you with gifts. Yeah. Because like we're his children, mm-hmm. right? Well, the whole point of like. 99 is to go after the one yeah at one point in time i was the one Mm. right in another season of my life i will be the one again yeah and i want someone to come after me right i and i think the father's heart is just what drives me to to keep moving forward sure yeah so i never i try not to question that i try not to question that too often awesome so before we end the podcast is there a singular message that you want to send out to the listeners it could be about you it could be about your endeavors your beliefs uh, your values your current principles that you're living with um, anything that you want to grace <laughs> us with uh, before we end sure yeah i would say to everyone listening like challenge what you what you know what you believe in um and try to believe and, and try to have faith that god is going to like review rev- reveal new new things for you mm-hmm. um because he will mm. that like just don't give up because god's just gonna carry you through time and time again 
Well, there you have it. Sure. <laughs> that's a very inspirational message. And I think that's something that people need. And, and, and I think it's refreshing to hear from you that like, it's very simple. I mean, Christianity is very difficult in reading the Bible and, and legalism. And there's so many layers yeah. to our faith. But the most important things are God's for you, not against you. And if you choose to believe and have faith and you're grounded in this foundational understanding um, that that there is a blueprint to keep your mind open um, to make sure that you're constantly looking over the horizon for for better days Mm -hmm. is is the recipe to success and it's just that simple yeah Um, it it can be it can be and you know what helps is in experiencing god like work on your behalf there's nothing like that because when you come out of like a wilderness season yeah you know when you're out. <laughs> right, right, right. You're like, you're like, the reins have been taken off and yeah. you can just go and just be like free, right? Awesome. Yeah. That's all. Like once you, once you experience that over and over again, you're, you know. That's all, folks. That's all. So <laughs> Stay woke. Man, yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for, for getting on and actually uh, coming over. Um, so with that said, Saints... Um, you've reached the end of episode four. Uh, you can catch us every week on Saturdays. Um, and Kevin, thank you so much for for coming on and volunteering to be uh, a, a part of this movement. Of course. Um, Thanks for so, having me. Yeah, definitely. All right, Saints, that's it. And we'll catch you next week. Uh, next week's guest will be one of my closest friends, one of the first people I've ever met in San Francisco and you won't want to miss it. So we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Hey saints. I hope you enjoyed episode four with Kevin. We'll catch you next week, Saturday for an exciting session with one of the most talented people I know. Have a good one saints. Catch you next time.